0: In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band, and we hope you will enjoy the show. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Welcome to Beck did it better. This is the podcast where we're going through each of the Rolling Stones' top greatest 500 albums of all time. And we're going to talk about each one. And we're starting with number one, baby. Why not? The best right off the top. Uh, and this, I mean, really, this is an album where it defined rock and roll. It changed everything. But even more important than that, let's see how everybody's doing today. Uh, we I've got three other guys with me. I've got Matt. I've got Aaron. I've got Russ. Aaron, rolling. How's it going? So this is the section called rolling, rolling, going, rolling going at home. Rolling, going. It rolls off the tongue. No, this is rolling, going. It's, No, it's rolling gone, as in, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing? How are you doing, And Do you have anything cool that you want to share? I am doing
1: good. I am doing great. I'm doing well. I went to the ocean today. Uh, It was a nice day. We try to get out. I live in Oakland, California. We try to get to the ocean lately when we can, because we can get there in 30 minutes with no traffic. So we went to Golden Gate Park, and my son rode his scooter out to the ocean. Uh, That was excellent. And and then in the evening, I drove over to uh, Montclair. And picked up some Thai takeout. And uh, life is about moments right now. And so uh, the takeout spot was open for sidewalk cocktails. So I had an old-fashioned on the sidewalk while I waited for a cocktail. And drove home listening to the soothing sounds of Jesse Chuy Varela on 91.1 KCSM Jazz. So it was a good afternoon. The radio. I'm, I'm good. Beautiful radio.
0: On the radio. So to summarize, you drove away from your family, you drank by yourself, and then after having a drink, you drove (laughs) home. You heard it right. You heard
1: it right. I tried Rob's. My vacation is the drive home trick. That's right. (laughs) Yep. You heard it right. I'm good. I don't have anything. I don't know if I have anything cool to recommend. Uh, Perhaps embarrassingly, I uh, bought a kettlebell because I am susceptible to uh, fitness YouTube and so um, when I'm not uh, talking to you guys or listening to music, I'm watching uh, videos about kettlebells on YouTube. So um, that's, that's
2: my life right now. How do you have time? How do you have time for all these kettlebell videos when you're focused on your burpees?
1: <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. the the, the, fade, the fads move quickly for me. I moved on from burpees
2: <laughs> to kettlebells. Is this like a Rolling Stones versus the Beatles things? Like, are there are there hardcore followings of kettlebell people versus mm-hmm. hardcore followers oh, of the yes. Burpee King?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. If you go into a burpee workout with a bunch of kettlebells, you will get your ass kicked, <laughs> and they will do it for a long time because they're in very good shape. They will beat the shit out of you for it, you know, until they hit their anaerobic threshold for sure.
1: <laughs> I think there's room for both, but uh, definitely the the um, there's there are specific burpee versus kettlebell devotees on the YouTube and any rabbit hole. Most rabbit holes lead you lead you to Joe Rogan, I find, but. Uh, one of the that first uh, one of the
3: first kettlebell workouts I saw was based off of Joe Rogan had a guy on, Russian guy, and I forget the guy's name, but it was great. And the whole video was just him calling everybody comrades, comrades. Yeah, you must get stronger. <laughs> Do this now. Gonna, you know, and he just kept calling. Shock
1: you, Matt, that I. I watched that one after the last night we recorded.
3: <laughs> it was great. It, it pumped yep. you up. You called, comrades, you must do this. It was great.
1: Bought two more kettlebells afterwards, so it worked. Oh, my God. Pablo Pop, got me.
0: I'm a big fan of kettlebells because you can sit on the couch and use a kettlebell at the same time. It's possible. You can't do that with burpees. <laughs> Matt, how are you doing? What's How's it rolling going? Oh, I, it- oh, my God. That's such a good name I came up with
3: it rolls off the tongue yeah everybody remember that one uh the uh you know i don't know the the covid i think i think it's getting to me i mean i'm i'm spending more time in my garden which i've never done I'm uh, I'm trying to grow tomatoes. I've taken like four years to figure out how to grow tomatoes and I finally yeah. have gotten them big enough where now I don't have the right gear, so I'm building like trellises and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm turning 68, gone from 39 to 68 in about two months here. So,
1: But it's appropriate for this album when I'm 64. It's appropriate. For yeah. this
0: album. Oh, I blew it. Russ, I, I- <laughs> rolling, how's it going?
2: <laughs> Wait, no. Rolling, going. It, it's it's going. It's going, Rob. i <laughs> I'm still trying to navigate the world of the online dating perspective. And last time you guys gave me some feedback on maybe how I should respond to this date. Excellent feedback. Excellent. feedback. And so this was the lady. If you recall, she asked me, she said, you look like a fancy man. Are you fancy? (laughs) And I had no idea how to respond to this. So I asked you guys, I came to these very brilliant gentlemen here. And I I decided to go with Rob's advice. And he said I should respond with just an eggplant emoji. (laughs) And so I did. And she responded. So it worked at first. And she said, well, that's a fancy eggplant, a fancy gentleman. You must be. And so then I didn't God, really know how God, to respond. Oh again, so I took Rob's advice a little further because he he I I kind of combined it and I decided to kind of combine that with a fancy mustard emoji. So I responded with a, <laughs> a, a mustard emoji. And then I asked her, what is the craziest thing she's ever done with Grey Poupon? Oh no. <laughs> oh no! And at this point, she immediately deleted me. I got reported to the Bumble police. My, my account got deactivated for a while. So I'm not going to listen to your guys' advice anymore. But I thought I maybe could ask for your guys' advice right now for another dating thing. If that's for chisel, right. well, I'll I mean, tell you I'm
0: what. For that. I'm in for if that. If she if she was just a yellow mustard fan, fuck her you don't need her in your life, Russ. <laughs> Too
2: plain.
3: Yeah. <laughs> all you're getting is missionary. That's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I like that. We need to do a study. We need to do a study on that.
2: So I was, thinking, I was wondering if I could get your advice on something.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Yep. Let's take him to the corner.
0: Get, 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 get to the corner. It's time for Russell's Advice Corner. Oh, yeah. And again, Russell's Advice corners where Russell sits in the corner and we yell advice at him, okay? It's not us in the corner with Russell giving us advice. Go ahead, Russell.
2: All right. I'm going to go sit in the corner now and <laughs> stare at you guys and, and hold my little blanket here as you yell at me. Yeah.
0: And face the corner too. Don't look at us.
2: But the big, where I really need advice is in this kind of changing world with the pandemic, there's not, you can't go out. A lot of things are closed. So I'm wondering, I got, I was going back and forth messaging with this woman a few days ago and, and I mentioned, oh, maybe we could meet at a park or grab a drink or go find a patio that's open at a bar and grab a drink. And she said... What if we go for a walk and I was just thrown by this because a walk seems like an okay activity for someone you've been seeing for a while, but that does not sound like a good first date. So I'm curious, how would you guys handle a first date walk or what other activities would you propose given that bars and restaurants and everything are are closed right now?
3: I mean, it's gotta be where the walks at though, right? I mean, if you're going to go like some nature center or something, I mean, I don't know, that seems kind of boring. But if you're gonna like, hey, let's go walk around this neighborhood and maybe we'll get a drink here, drink there. I don't know. You know, it seems like she was going for the nature center kind of walk, so I don't know.
1: I think she's onto something. I like the I like the walk idea, but maybe you just maybe you go next to the next level and see if she's ready. Like, hey, let's find a steep hill and roll down it like eight year olds <laughs> kind of thing. Like let's just go. Let's see who can roll down the hill the most times and who gets the most bloodied on the way down.
0: I picture Russell showing up for this walk and he pops the trunk and it's just full of kettlebells. And he's like, yeah, let's do this shit. (laughs) I like the walk
1: idea. I think it's good. I mean, I went on a number of walks with my lady, uh, 14 years ago when we were recording. So I, am not, maybe not the right one to speak, but I I think, I think a walk's a great idea.
0: Yeah. But Russell, here's the problem, right? Is that if you're anything like me, even walking up some stairs,
1: (laughs) Oh, the sweating!
3: I have yeah, to not. Yeah, I have to not
0: too. breathe very hard, and I have to make it seem like I'm not lo- out of breath to the people around me. I'd be worried on a walk, on a date, the whole time. You're like, mm-hmm. and she's like, "How are you doing?" I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. well. I'm thank you. I'm doing great. How are you? I mean, maybe you you probably are more in shape than I am. I know you have that elliptical machine that you've been rocking out on, but that that would just make me really nervous. Although. I got to say right now, I think it is one of the best options. I I can't think of anything else off the top of my head because as soon as you try to go into a restaurant, you're going to see all the masks and you're going to start talking about COVID. And that to me is the thing you should be avoiding on a date.
1: Right. Get out there in nature. Unless it's like, we're all going to die from COVID. We should sleep together tonight. That's another, I mean, if you go with that, maybe that's, that's an option too.
2: And if, if, if. I'm going to pick up a virus from an online date. It's got to be something better than the COVID-19, correct? (laughs) Yes. Yes. You need to put that on your bumble right now. That's it. That's your intro right there. (laughs) Maybe what I'll do, Rob, is I'll have an intense workout right before the date and then I'll show up all sweaty and everything and I'll blame it on the kettlebells. And then when I'm walking around, Mm -hmm. she'll have no idea that it's really just me being completely out of shape. That's that's a great idea. Or if there's a sprinkler, you kind of walk through and go,
0: oh, no, I got wet. Sometimes I do oh, that when yeah. I piss my pants. If I piss my pants a little bit by accident, I'll go and wash my hands and then rub it on my pants. And I'm like, oh, the sink got me wet. But really, I'm like, "Fucking, I'm fucking Einstein over here.
1: I think, I mean, I think sincerely, my best advice is you you take a, take her up on the walk, but you propose a walk that is within you know, walking distance of a place where you could get a drink on the patio yeah. if it's going well, or a place where you could like dive into the bushes and get away if it's not.
2: De- definitely not around like a five mile lake though, where you get halfway through and then you have to walk yeah, back yes. the other three yeah, miles. Yeah. Right,
1: right. You've know, you got to plan a good good loop with escape routes and stop off places.
0: The, pro- the problem with the lake too, is you're going to have a lot of guys who are hot without their shirts on running around. That's not what you need. You need to be in a place where you're the focus of attention, Russell. It's all about lots
3: of chicks running around too, though. So maybe I don't know.
0: And you could yeah, and you could point out and say, like, I respect these women. <laughs> and I think that's a good <laughs> I do that a lot. Because <laughs> nobody respects women like somebody who says I respect women. That definitely is not a red flag.
2: Well well, I'm glad I came and sat in the corner for this advice you guys gave me. I, I really appreciate Russell's advice, Corner. Always
1: out here pushing the corner. Get it ready that's it time's up get out of the corner
0: that was russell's advice corner oh yeah Oh yeah. all right so I, I think i have to make a sting that gets russell out of the corner so we know when that corner's over so now we're no longer giving advice to russell but i will <laughs> say russell have you ever done like a driving range date would that be fun or is that a disaster
1: He's out of the corner. Why would you? Why would you suggest a date
3: after oh, the corner? Get him back in.
0: Get him back in.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Get, get, get get to the corner. It's All right, time back in for it. Russell's Let's advice corner. corner. Oh Now yeah. you can ask. Now you can ask. Go ahead. I just I don't care anymore. Actually, uh, no. It's a, a, taking a date to a driving range.
2: I think. Have you guys ever been to Top Golf before? Yes. Yes. No. Top golf is great. It's for anyone that hasn't done it. It's a really fancy driving range with multiple levels. And then there's food, there's drinks, there's a full bar. They've got all these, uh, all the balls are chips. So there's different games that depend on where the ball goes out there. So even if you're not a good golfer, it can be fun, but I've never done that on a date, but can I tell you guys about one of my biggest dating disasters ever? A different dating disaster? (laughs) I'm glad we're back in the corner. I'll tell you what, I
0: don't know if I have time for this. Let me see. Ah, yes, I will listen to this until my funeral, and I will be happy.
2: (laughs) So last winter, I went out with this woman, and we went out once, and then we were conversing, texting back and forth the second time we were going to go out again. And she invited me to go to this haunted, haunted house like a christmas haunted house at one of the malls in the minneapolis area and i was like i don't know this seems kind of weird but eventually we went and it was it was written up in the newspaper it was supposed to be like very scary kind of nasty uh, uh quite the production so we get there and we go in and we wait in line for about an hour and a half and there's these actors who are coming up like dragging chains and stuff by you the whole time where you're waiting in line and the whole time i'm just thinking this is not a good idea and we walk into the haunted house and it's just the two of us kind of walking through and it's supposed to be like a 20 minute thing and the second room we go into one of the the creatures or the monsters if you will walks up behind us behind us and sneezes on us oh, and oh. essentially throws paint all over our our backs like oh. li- literally paint so we yep. ended up walking through this haunted house with like some sort of slime on us and it ended up washing oh. out but we got done with it and we kind of looked at each other, and I think we realized there's no going forward from here. Oh, no. <laughs>
3: so don't go to a Christmas, Halloween horror
1: show. That's the kind of thing that would never happen anymore, right? Like, no one would do something like that now. Like, that's not a funny joke anymore. I mean, yeah, it never haunted, does, but haunted houses are I'm dead. Throw liquids mm-hmm. on people for
3: that. <laughs> All right. We getting out of the corner now. Getting out of the corner.
0: God, I love being in there. Yeah. I do love being in here, though. that's it time's up get out of the corner that was russell's advice corner oh yeah yeah i'm gonna make a new drop and by the way when i record those drops around my family they think i'm so cool But i'm just sitting there talking to (laughs) the microphone going get 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 in the corner All right, so, uh, by the way, I'm doing fine. Nothing to recommend. Uh, all right, so. How are you doing, <laughs> oh, We messed up but Real again. quick, what's your history with the Beatles <laughs> and this album in particular? I'll start real quick. Uh, my mom, I, I was not, you know, I, I listened to a ton of oldies radio when I was younger. It was like the main radio station I listened to. So my my thing with the Beatles is pretty much if it was on that one album, those are the songs I liked of the Beatles. So it's like they're right down the middle, super poppy hits. I was really familiar with those. I was a big fan of those. My mom bought me Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band and said, listen, everyone needs to own the CD, which in retrospect is like a really cool mom thing to do. I then heard from somebody that you can either be a Beatles fan or a Rolling Stones fan and think they're the greatest band and you can't be both. So as I've talked about before, I am very influenced by peer pressure. Even just one person saying that, I, like it's, my brain is messed up and so I was like well I like the Rolling Stones better so I, I'm not a Beatles fan so I just didn't listen to the album very much and even in the future when I would hear their non-poppy songs I'd be like what the fuck these guys are way out there it's kind of messing with my brain so not a huge Beatles fan uh, but obviously in listening to these this list I've listened to a lot of Beatles and I, I've kind of grown to appreciate them certainly more than I did before uh, Matt how about you what's your history with the Beatles in this album in particular uh,
3: Beatles I, you know i, I uh I think the last one we talked about, the White Album is one of my top four albums of all time. Um, I found that one because I I think everybody knows who the, you know, I want to hold your hand Beatles and the Poppy love bubblegum stuff. And, uh, you know, I I, I didn't like that stuff so much. But then when I heard Helter Skelter, I was like, who in the heck is this? You know, so that kind of opened me up to the Beatle world. Um, I remember my mom having Rubber Soul uh, on vinyl, so listening to that. And then, you know, kind of coming around later uh, to Sgt. Pepper and really liking it. I mean, I think it's it's completely different. Um, each song is different. It flows wonderfully for an album. I don't think there's too many dead. There's not too many dead
0: songs there where you're just like, they're just mailing it
3: in here. The construction, um, the
0: construction of the album is, is perfect. It's, it's pitch yeah, perfect.
3: you know. It starts out great i mean if you listen to it on vinyl there's no uh there's no pauses between songs it flows from one song to the next and then i think it ends uh better than any album that we've come across on this list so far and anything that i've ever heard it's got just a phenomenal exit song the last song in the on the album so you know not 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 too I didn't have a huge geek factor with the with the Beatles. I uh, listened to a lot of it um, and know a lot of the songs, a lot of the history. But, um, you know, they came to this one a little later and, and absolutely think it deserves to be in the number one spot.
0: Well, and that's part of the trouble with doing the podcast on this album, right, is that there's so much stuff. The Beatles, you you can spend your whole life being obsessed with the Beatles and never run out of material to go through. When I was doing my research for this, which is where I go to Wikipedia and I type in Beatles question mark, and then I just see what comes up. How <laughs> did you spell do Beatles you know the
1: question mark on Wikipedia? I, Rob, I think they've like, been wasting keystrokes for a few years now.
0: Oh, oh no! <laughs> it, when you go on Wikipedia for this album, it's easily ten times longer than almost any other album that I've looked at for Wikipedia, and every single song, it is the most boring fucking shit to read. So for this one, I really didn't even look at like song to song research on the song because there's so many people talking about so every little nuance and oh this composer inspired this and this is how he got inspired for this and I'm like I I don't care about that stuff. If somebody wanted to find that out, they could find that out in a million other sources. I think this podcast, especially, we just want to say what we think about it, and we're not qualified in the least. But it, it is. I think everything Matt said is is absolutely spot on. It just radio stations used to play this album all the way through in one go. That's and imagine wild. doing that now with any album today. Yeah, that's that's totally cool. Yeah. It's kind of like the the head of Spotify just came out the other day and said bands can no longer just put out music every 1 to 3 years. You know, it's the death of an album, right? Like you're not going to have any more albums. You're going to have bands putting out singles every 3 months cuz they're they're trying to stay relevant, you know. Well, they can
1: they can't tour right now. They can't tour, so that's where they make their money, right? So that's also that whole thing is kind of Yeah
3: but then right. they did that in the 60 50 40s 50s, mm-hmm. 60s right it's all singles and then this album kind of changed that because right. the beatles said we're not touring we're not doing it. we want us want to make an album yeah because you can sell albums so, right
1: i mean they didn't yeah. have to tour to make money which i think is why i'm spoiler alert i don't think they're the greatest band in the world but we're gonna get to that
0: so it's kind of yeah. weird right because now we're back to like i want to hold your hand beatles where it's like single after single tick tock TikTok's ruined in the world. Maybe TikTok, we're going to swing back around as there's going to be a sergeant Pepper in our future.
1: Yeah, I think we'll get more albums because people can't tour. They're going to have to figure out another way to monetize music and they're going to figure out a way to make more immersive experiences. It's going to have to involve like video, you know, but uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to, to monetize what they're doing. Bands are because Spotify is making money, but artists are not. But that's a
0: different story for a different time. Russ, what's your history with the Beatles and with this album in particular?
2: I don't really have any meaningful history with the Beatles or specifically Beatles albums. The only album or CD of the Beatles that I've ever owned was one, which I think is the greatest hits album. And I actually bought that for my mom for Christmas one year. And I saw it down the road. She never opened it. It was still sitting in her oh living room. Oh, my God. And oh, so eventually like, oh, so no. eventually, I, I, I took shit. it from her. And she's been getting gift cards ever since. So she learned her lesson about that. <laughs> but that truly anyways, that hurt my hurt my heart, Russell, deep down. Anyways, I could probably list you about 20 Beatles hits, the songs that everyone knows. But I could never tell you what album they were on. And until we started this album quest, I really didn't fully understand how the Beatles had kind of adapted from that boy band where every single song was about dating some girl later on in their career where their music kind of takes that psychedelic edge, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But ultimately, I think I think it's fair that they're commonly referred to as the greatest band ever. And I'll be interested to hear why Aaron thinks that maybe they're not. But to me in general, I think they're clearly thought of as the greatest band ever by uh, mainstream society and mainstream music fans. And I think, Rob, one thing you mentioned is I you kind of always hear this thing about you either have to be an advocate for the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin is the greatest rock band ever. But it's kind of like Jordan and LeBron. Why, why do you have to choose one as the greatest? Can't they all kind of just shine in their own right? But yeah. that's kind of my history with the Beatles and where Jordan. I'm coming from with this album. LeBron. I like it. Yeah, LeBron. No, you guys aren't serious. yeah yeah, please we cannot i mean there's no no, No. talent
0: yeah we can't go to it guys this will be our patreon we start a patreon and we make people pay to hear us talk about basketball it'll be like this it'll be like well i I took five minutes and looked it up on wikipedia and here's what it says about (laughs)
1: lebron
0: aaron what's your history with the beatles
1: my history with the beatles uh starts with my mom and uh my mom owned uh sergeant pepper on vinyl so hold on who's
3: that who's uh, that on that
1: My mom owns Arjun on Vinyl.
0: It's, 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 it's time for one-on-one with Aaron's mom. Oh, yeah. I think, I think first of all, I knew I was going to do it before you guys teed me up a hundred times. <laughs> but I I... I I need to stop saying oh yeah at the end of these things but I can't help it <laughs> no it's so you know. great. No, no you're so good. No it's perfect. Maybe it's maybe perfect. Aaron's mom is the
2: greatest one on one player of all time. But
1: my oh my god. <laughs> she, well she was going to listen to this uh, episode. But I don't know I sent her uh, some test pressings of our episodes and i haven't heard back so i don't know what's going on there <laughs> yeah my no. mom owned this on vinyl um although i do now remember that it was pretty warped on vinyl so i i um fairly quickly switched to listening to it on cd but um i went through a very heavy beatles dork phase from ages about 13 to 18 uh, i was always a white album guy because it was a, to me it was like a little bit weirder and growing up in the middle of iowa i felt like it was really important to try to be different so i i picked the most uh different beatles album to be my favorite uh but i did own sergeant pepper on cd and the memories i have of the beatles were um on the way home from church every sunday at 11 a.m on kioa radio in uh, des moines iowa they would play the beatles brunch so we'd be on our way home from church to go get some pie at Bontell's, and we'd be hearing uh some beatles stuff so they would play live cuts they would play you know original tapes that never made it to the album masters that kind of stuff so i, I had a, a big beatles phase my thoughts on this album are um so i don't find the album all that psychedelic necessarily with a, with the exception of a few tracks uh to me the album is is a really a um commentary about the working class in england at the time and john and paul's grappling with the fact that that's kind of where they came from but um They were sort of rejecting it in a way, Uh, and I think we'll talk about that when we talk about the lyrics, but the reason I don't think the Beatles are the best band of all time is because I don't think they play their instruments very well, um, with the possible exception of George on guitar. Uh, I think Ringo's a shit drummer. Uh, Paul's pretty okay at the bass, and so it's hard for me to say anyone's the greatest band of all time if you don't have anyone who is in like the top 100 on their own instrument uh, within the band. If I think about great bands, I think about like Coltrane's Quartet or for T and the MGs, or um, maybe Parliament. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. I would think of Pearl Jam. but So Matt, <laughs> that does that does play into my next uh, uh, th- hypothesis, which is that I don't think the Beatles played live together enough to become a cohesive unit as a band. They, they stopped playing live in, what, 64? And I don't think they ever really developed that. But I will say, as an art collective, they made great albums, and the, the whole collective, which includes not just John Paul, George, Ringo, but everyone who contributed to this album George Martin, Jeff Hemrick, uh, outside musicians I think they made great songs and a great album. And I love this album. And I I wanted to reject it because I went through a big Beatles phase and I wanted to say, like, well, I was dumb as a kid, but Mm -hmm. it's actually great.
3: So that's a. So the same guy that did Game of Thrones did this album? That's
2: George Martin, (laughs) right? George Martin.
0: Wow, that dude's rich. You would think you'd hear more about that when you hear so much about Game of Thrones.
2: Right, I didn't see it on Wikipedia at Aaron, all. <laughs> Aaron, you were referencing kind of all these other musicians that they brought in. I was kind of curious, this kind of goes to this album for me and other albums too, but one thing I noticed here is when I listened to this the first time, I was caught off guard by a lot of the music, but as I listened to it over and over, I started to gain a, a greater appreciation for it. And part of that was, was because I started reading about it. And you kind of see everything that goes into it. So I'm kind of curious, how right. do you guys let research impact how you view these albums? Do you think that's important or do you just want to listen to it and kind of come up with your own conclusions? How, how does research and information that's out there impact your impression?
0: I, let me go first. I, I, I am, again, totally influenced by any sort of peer pressure. When I say peer pressure, it could be a sentence I read on the internet It could be something I hear somebody say in the grocery store. It is literally anything I let influence me more than anything. So when I read, for example, the Wikipedia says, Revolver is thought to be now the Beatles' most complete album instead of this one. I'm like, yeah, okay, Revolver's better. Like, it literally takes that little for Mm -hmm. me to do that because I, I think I'm too lazy to make my own decisions. But I have to say, getting ready for this, it's kind of fun to do the research and then, for example, listening to Pet Sounds after this, you hear that the Beatles were really influenced by Pet Sounds, and you can definitely hear that that kind of like how the Beatles took Pet Sounds and took it just a step further to make Sgt. Pepper. I, 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 I really enjoy doing the research on the album before I listen to it and listening to each song. I think I get more out of it, even if I'm really seeing other people's uh, opinions.
1: This is maybe a take for the next album, but I think the Beatles got the wrong message from Pet Sounds, and they took the worst parts of Pet Sounds and tried to make something out of it, but that's a different take. Matt, your thoughts about research?
3: Well, I, you know, again, I think we talked about it earlier that the in a different podcast that the, the the list itself is just how do you come up with this list to begin with? So, you know, some some sort of album in the 60s, you know, was it three years before um, kind of when it would have been really popular? So is that why it's on the list? So because it was so revolutionary. So will um you know 30 years from now will people look at nirvana's um album and say hey you know when they came out with that 91 i mean cripes it's not that great of an album you know will they know that the impact that that had Mm -hmm. moving from hair metal to grunge and and, you know that kind of effect so i do a lot of the research just to see kind of the Mm -hmm. timing of where it's at and maybe who's on it um you know because i think that really plays into it so you know you kind of look at who who came before this album. I mean, and you realize that, Hey, it was all bubblegum, um, trying to hook up with chicks, you know, that kind of a thing before kind of Bob Dylan and some of those guys kind of came in and started kind of talking about real life things. And so I don't know. I, I, I like to put it in perspective that way. It's
0: kind of like pre pre Beatles. They were taking girls to the bar or taking them to a the bowling alley. Post Sergeant pepper is like taking women on a walk and Really getting <laughs> to know who they are, and showing how much you respect you they really wanted to know. Open them.
1: up the choices for what you can do with a woman on a first date, right? Exactly. I can't, un, uh, I can't unresearch the research I did on this album as a kid, I've forgotten a lot of it, but I read you know books about the Beatles as a kid. So, uh, for me, the research part of it, you know, knowing that they did all that they did to get the most they could out of four track recording makes me think it's greater, right? Because I know what went into it, but I. For me, the the best modern parallel is when I was really into hip-hop, I thought about Jay-Z versus Nas, and every hip-hop message board would talk about how, like, well, Jay-Z's better because he never writes down his lyrics. He does everything off the top of the dome, and if you didn't know that, you'd make your own choices about who you like better, and you'd probably still settle on Jay-Z, but at the time, I was a Nas fan, and I was like, well, I I don't care what made it happen once I listen to it. I just care how it sounds, so there's an argument to me to be made for both just listening and see what you think and look into it and understand what went into the, do you think that all
2: the, all the documentaries and all the research kind of romanticizes some of what goes into this though? Like, do you think if there were documentaries about some meaningless Beck album, would, would he be viewed differently or would artists be viewed differently if there was all this kind of research and all this, these movies Mm -hmm. and documentaries about other art, other artists or not? I
3: bet Beck, He all he
2: needed was two turntables
3: on a microphone to get it down. Here, 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 the Beatles went to this great length, so I don't know. Man. It, I mean, it Beck might have did it It better. is crazy,
0: though, because the Beatles' first album, to put it in perspective, their first album came out in 63. Their final album, Let It Be, was 1970. That's only yeah. seven years. I mean, you, you think about these Beatles as being just a huge band for so long. Mm-hmm. It's only seven years. That's not that long. Beck has been putting out albums more than seven years, I guarantee it. I just think, I think to think about the Beatles, I do think it's really important that you look at where it is. And it is interesting when you look at the Rolling Stone top 500 list, the top five albums, here are the years, 67, 66, 66, 65, 65. It literally is the top five albums have a three-year span between all the different albums.
2: I didn't know Space I didn't know Space Hog recorded in the meantime in nineteen sixty five.
1: I mean that, that whole like oh uh, man, that now when you say the top five like that, that's that's impossible. Like if when you think of the entirety of, of pop music's history, there's no it's impossible that the top five But it's five albums, albums came right? It's freedom. not
3: songs. It's it's yeah, but it's it, albums there's, just, right? there's
1: no way there's no way that the top five albums came within three years. I mean, you're saying everything after 1967 got, got worse or everything after 1960. Well, or, you know? or like it was influenced.
3: Nothing. Yeah. Or it was influenced wow, by I'm what sure. came there because there was, it was all singles before this. Right, Rosie. I mean,
0: everything was but to be fair, you know, be fair too yeah, top three of the top five bands are the Beatles. So it's, it's, yeah. you know, that's kind of part of it too.
2: Is it just because they were first though? Like we don't continue to say George Mikan is the greatest basketball player ever, even though he was the first one to be the first great, right? Why why do we why do mm-hmm. we treat athletes different and not give the first athlete ever like whoever invented the forward pass is not considered a greater quarterback than Tom Brady, so why don't we why don't we bring that attitude because
3: here? Because Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal would beat George Miken one on one every day of the week <laughs> and twice on sunday from now on i mean everything's getting better right it's hard for music to say that you know um 10 by pearl mm-hmm. jam is better than you know anything here you know anything that came from kind of the late 60s, early 70s, I mean, was it influenced or is it better? You know, Prince came along and kind of changed how everything was done. You know, did he improve on what was here or did he come up with a whole new sound, you know? And so it's kind of like the, you know, this is the album, so it's not the song's it's album. So that's where we kind of got to keep coming back to the list and how it's made and what the actual name of the list is, the best album of all time. And
0: I think too, the other thing is, we still listen to the Beatles. We still listen to the Beach Boys we're not watching a fucking George Mikan game of basketball and being like, oh, wow, look at those crisp chess passes. Like yeah. Nobody's going to take those in. You just
2: hear about it. Well, now it. I feel like my, my afternoon of watching 1950s Lakers games was a complete waste, so thanks for <laughs> nothing, was Rob. <laughs> I mean, he had this amazing granny shot that there's no way that LeBron could have pulled off right now. <laughs> that's your
0: third. That's a third date, Russell, for sure. Number, that, oh, yeah. You,
2: you got to wait until number three
0: and be like... I have a bunch of 1950s Lakers games on uh, on DVR <laughs> that we can watch together, uh, and I don't know why I put that voice on you, Russell. I apologize. I was so, say I like
2: that. I like the yeah. I like yeah, the I don't yeah, like the nerd that's, voice, that's, Russell at all.
0: That's the third voice, Russell. I I love it. It's also, but I we've so we've talked about the Beatles are hugely influential, and guess what? No shit. But it's interesting if you look <laughs> at the Grammys. The Grammy started in 1959. First Grammy winner: the music from Peter Gunn. Second Grammy winner, Sinatra. Third Wait, Grammy winner. Peter
1: Gunn won a Grammy? Hold up. That's Britain, right?
0: Not only the first Grammy, what? so therefore the best one. Uh, 1961, the Grammy winner was Bob Newhart for his comedy Bob album. Bob Newhart?
2: What, did yes. He, did he just do a, a lyrical styling of this is my brother Daryl and this is my other brother Daryl? Or How does Bob Newhart win, win any sort of award?
0: <laughs> yeah, no. His, his album was actually called uh, My Balls Are So Hairy, so I don't know. It seems a little risqué for the time, but...
1: Uh. I like that uh, Rob is sharing his screen, and one of the other nominees from that year was an album called Nice and Easy from Frank Sinatra, which is great, because yeah. R&B groups are still naming albums Nice and Easy in the year 2020. Yeah. Like That's oh, yeah. timeless. You can just call Frank it Nice Sinatra's, and easy.
0: Frank Sinatra is all over this. Uh, then we have Judy Garland, we have uh, Barbara Streisand, we have some uh, Stan Getz and uh, Gilberto, which is uh, which is Bossa Nova from Brazil, and all of a sudden in '68, the Beatles win with Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club this Band." Is, uh,
1: I don't want to be like woke white dude, but uh, come on, like every single artist on this list is white from every year. Like, there's no white artists from any of this, and they were Harry the music. Took they were Harry Belafonte took it. Is Glenn? Yeah. Is Glenn Campbell know, white? Like the Beatles stole from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that, Gary I mean, Mancini, is that a white bad. guy? The Grammys are not a good, I mean, to say, to say the Beatles, you know, revolutionized stuff, that's fine, but there'd be no Beatles without Chuck Berry or artists that I can't even name that they stole from, you know, in the early 60s, so I just, it, it can't go unmentioned for this entire episode that the Beatles stole their style from somebody else and then had made enough money that somebody would pay him to go sit in a studio and smoke weed and
0: Aaron, you know, if you think the Grammys are wrong, out. you're wrong, Okay. <laughs> Again, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra won all
3: those, but, you know, is that... Uh, You're right, Matt. I should, the have,
1: I should not have overlooked Harry Belafonte. I, I apologize.
3: Yeah, but who was uh, Sinatra's guy? Uh, Quincy, Quincy Jones. Uh, Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones, you know, I mean, he basically made Frank Sinatra in the 60s. I'm not going to say Frank didn't do the work, but, you know, the, his uh, stylings... Well, we know Frank, Frank was a made kick.
1: man, but yes, I do think that musically, uh, Quincy and Count Basie had, had a
0: big big rob what year
2: was this album what year did it win the grammy
0: 68 it won best album in '68. so
2: matt or aaron do you guys have a feel for why would the earlier beatles albums not have won any sort of grammy or award it seems kind of crazy because they were the the biggest band in the world pretty much right off the bat right? they're not albums they're not albums they're all singles i guess
1: well rubber soul and revolver probably were but i mean looking at this list it just looks like nothing from but even
3: that i mean like like, this is much more commercialized than, like, even Revolver. Yeah, like, Revolver, I mean, like, musically is a great, a great album, right? Yeah, this but, like, just looks like the They, much are on there.
0: they were nominated in '66 for Help, uh, along with The Sound of Music, and they <laughs> lost to Frank Sinatra, which is. Um, Oh, and help help had a movie and to they, go with and, so and this revolver, looks like the yeah. revolver was
1: some kind of promotional The Revolver
0: team. was also nominated in 67 and that lost to Frank Sinatra and Barbra Streisand's on there again <laughs> along with they uh, nominated with Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. I mean this just shows like the total shift in music that happened after the Sgt Pepper. It's it's crazy because pretty soon you have 77 you have Stevie Wonder, you have uh Paul Simon in 76, you have 78 you have Rumours. It's all of a sudden you have these rock albums that can be regarded as high art. And I think that's important to realize Like this is what Sgt. Pepper did. It took all of these things and made it so people you could actually appreciate it and not just say, oh, yeah, Frank Sinatra, he's a good singer. Like, it's crazy.
2: I'm kind of confused, though, Matt. You said that those earlier ones aren't albums. But so if I'm listening to him chronologically, you have Please Please Me, With the Beatles, A Hard Day's Night, Beatles for Sale. Are those not albums or why are those different?
3: No, they they like commercialized them later. Rosie, maybe you can tell me if I'm saying this wrong, but like they they put them together as an album later to sell it oh, yeah. as an album. But they were like a, a track, you know, could, side A, they side B kind not of make a thing. Like
0: LPs by then, could they literally not make records long enough? I don't know when
1: LPs started, but yeah, I don't think that the whole concept of like paying a band to go sit in a studio and make an album. I think it came, you know, with Stones and the Beatles because. Otherwise, bands weren't making money if they weren't out on the road, right? And you weren't getting well, ready. A little
0: playing. more a little more context too. In nineteen sixty-seven, there was one band that had the top that had three top albums. And these were for the they had one for the first five weeks of sixty seven. It had one for the next ten weeks of sixty seven. And this band also had the top album for the last five weeks of sixty seven. And that band was the band that I thought growing up was better than the Beatles, the Monkees. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and with the TV show yeah
0: <laughs> yes, Ugh. the Beatles with the TV show
2: <laughs> I gotta be honest, I remember watching that show on Nickelodeon and I didn't even know they were a real band. I thought it was some sort of fugazi uh Brady Bunch type band. I didn't even know they were real
0: it they they were very real and they had top album after top album hey, I think you're correct, Russell I don't I don't know I think the TV show came first, right
1: We're gonna have to do a monkeys podcast just to
0: get it <laughs> that's our patreon monkeys podcast and more dated yes. advice from Russell, so that's all anybody wants to hear about. <laughs> the monkeys did it better. <laughs> let's get into this so, album. But, let's well, so, let's, let's talk about But I think it's yourself. important to talk about the context for the Beatles, right? This is after Revolver. The Revolver, the album before this, is really where they said, we want to make songs that we can't tour with. We hate touring. George Harrison wanted to quit the band. He promised they weren't going to tour anymore, so he came back. And all of a sudden, they, were, they, were, they got out there, and they were listening to these weird kind of more experimental music. They heard Pet Sounds. They heard Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. They were influenced by that and they said, listen, we can make an album that's way out there, but is still musical, which I got to be, I got to say, I'm still impressed by. I hear so many other albums where it's, they're trying to go with something like Pink Floyd is a great example. The wall, they're trying to do something, trying to tell a story. The problem is two-thirds of that story sucks. I hate listening to it. I don't want to hear about kids in a cafeteria. It it just is no good. Whereas the Beatles, like, okay, so this is a band that is a fake band that the Beatles are making up. Yet every song is a banger on this album. It's absolutely ridiculous. So let's get into the album. Uh, And first of all... I think the concept of the fake
1: band kind of falls apart, really, after with a little help from my friends, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm
0: willing yeah. to forgive. Well, yeah. I Well, and the thing was, I think it's Paul who had this idea and like George Harrison said he yeah. wanted nothing to do with this album. He was thinking about going back to India. He wanted to go back to India. He felt like he was just like going backwards doing this. John Lennon had said that this idea sucks. Nobody likes it, but they were basically given infinite amount of recording time, no budget. The, the studio was open up every day at 7 p.m. for them to go in and fuck around and do whatever they want. And all of a sudden, you realize like, oh, these are three to four legitimate musical geniuses given as much as they want. And you have people who are coming up with these new ways to record new ways to come up with things revolutionizes music forever. And more importantly, gives us an excuse to talk to each other with this podcast. So let's get into the album. Most importantly, that's the yes, most indeed. important thing to come out of the Beatles is us talking about this. Is <laughs> Yeah, this exactly. Podcast. All right. <laughs> so the first,
1: of everything the Beatles did this podcast the first track the on the
0: album is called "Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band I nailed I nailed Rob, it that nailed it. time you I was reading it. I was reading it so that it. helped I'm gonna fast forward yes. just a little bit and yeah, the orchestra tuning up is nice it's, it's, it's the I perfect like start touch. to an album right like I love hearing this start was so great. and then yeah. hearing them just yell at me about how they want me to sing along I'm like fuck yeah I'll sing along with you dang it
3: was 20 years ago
1: the
0: band to play. This be would be kind of mind-blowing. Style. But, but the this is what I'm saying. Like, Ringo's story.
1: drumming here is just like,
2: super blah. <laughs> super blah. Isn't it like on every yeah. song, though?
1: That's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean. Yeah. Hot, take, just- hot take. Hot <laughs> take. I mean, the opening a- is really
2: unique, <laughs> and it's really cool. For me, it doesn't strike me as kind of the hit at the beginning of a lot of albums that you'll hear. Like, if once we get down the road, you'll hear welcome to the jungle, or you're going to hear other songs that start off immediately. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. the big Born Born in the USA. USA. Like, do you guys right. kind of put right. this to type of right opener away. in that yeah. category? Or is it kind of in a separate category of unique openings? Or how do you look at that? I, 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 this is the song I sing to
0: myself more than any other song off this album. I love that idea of like, just him screaming at you. Oh, of like, wow. here we go. This is a fucking album and you're going to listen to it. And yeah, <laughs> and you're
1: just like, <laughs> okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't personally categorize any of the tunes on this album. It's just like it's uncategorizable. Oh, it's it's,
0: it's, I, I love this, I, and then to go into this one, I mean, it flows with a little help from my friends. Cheese, cheese. Those are, not, I like, I like those
1: guitar licks right there. Side, that's like Steve Cropper. The transition
2: is great. I love how they go right into the transition. The one thing I thought of when I heard this song is I really enjoyed the song, but it made me kind of think of what is even the purpose of our podcast, right? And what brought this podcast together? And to me, that's friendship, right? And so I started thinking, and No doubt. And I, song- about, yeah. I want Did to hear, you hear about, about you dating, that?
0: but yeah, I would say friendship <laughs> is number two for sure. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, mean,
2: I figure if I tell a few more of those stories, this friend, these friendships may be over unless you guys start giving me some better oh, advice here.
0: I got, I just, but, I want to hear another story right now. I want to get back in the corner.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I, I was listening to this and I started wondering, what do you guys think is the greatest song ever about friendship? all right the first one first option is by tlc what about your friends
3: oh it's a jam
2: are they gonna be around are they gonna let you down hey hey what do you think? Any Anyone have any, any meaningful memories of this song?
0: I have never fucking heard this song in my life. Uh, I've like I like junior one, high, uh, uh,
1: yeah,
3: junior high stag
0: I think, dances.
1: Yeah. T-Boz might have gone to Des Moines Roosevelt High School for like a year, and so people in Iowa would be like, oh yeah, we claim T-Boz, <laughs> but I don't really
0: think she claimed When I think Iowa. of TLC, I definitely think Iowa.
2: That's like Lizzo from <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> our, our middle school, when we went to middle school, we had red days and green days, and, and huh? our whole school was convinced that Green Day the band had gone to our school and had named their band after the fact that Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays were called Green Day. That's
1: super weird because Green Day's from Berkeley <laughs> the
2: bed at yeah. a restaurant right? where they were there, actually. In fact. The second yeah. song about friendship. Let's see if you guys remember this one. How about Dion Warwick? That's what friends are for. Uh, the, uh, what, is what is this? What is this instrument?
0: Singing? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Harmonica? Was that harmonica? Stevie wonder on so. harmonica,
0: I'm pretty sure.
1: Ah, oh, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: Through good times, is time. I fucking love Diane Warwick. I gotta say,
2: well, oh, Diane sounds good. I think she's a cousin of Whitney Houston. I, I think the next right. one we we definitely need to discuss this one. Matt brought it up, but we have to discuss "I'll Be There for You" by the Rembrandts. Oh, this says this says
3: 1994 written all over, right? Yeah every song from 1994, early 95 clap it clap it clap it here we go
2: (laughs) yep there you go
0: Good luck should, we, that should we start yeah. a band? Is that is that what I'm hearing here?
2: I would, I would love it if we could do enough podcasts where we could shoot our own kind of rip off version of oh. the intro for the Friends TV show. That would be fantastic. Oh, if no, I no. had to fall in a fountain That's at my age,
0: I would hurt myself so badly. Like just the thought of it. Like, d- I think
3: we could do it in Vegas at Bellagio.
1: Listen, you're going to have to edit this out, but God's honest truth, we were on the beach today flying a kite, and my son let the kite go, and I was sitting down at the time, and I yep. jumped up to sprint after the kite, and I, I hope to God no one saw me trying to sprint after this kite. It's the most embarrassing <laughs> oh. thing I've ever seen.
2: Like, I, yeah. It was yeah, that's like, going to get like cut. cut.
1: Yeah,
2: that's Sprinting really going to get cut. A young man's yeah, game, man. It was <laughs> and, terrible.
1: I don't want to. Let's re- keep going. Let's
2: keep moving. I remember you running the bases in softball when we were in college. I don't think you had that <laughs> far of a fall off, I'm sure. <laughs> It's gotten worse. I promise you it's gotten worse. <laughs> that song reminds
0: me of how amazing that it was. That came right at the age where all of a sudden you could just show nipples on TV if they were under shirts. Yes. And I was like, oh, oh wait, what? It <laughs> right. like blew my mind. I was like, this is the greatest show of all time. And you watch it now and it's like super like homophobic and super like fat phobic and and all this stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, look at those. They're just right there. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's keep going with the with the list. The next option is, I think, the only option on this list of friendship songs where we're going to cover it on a top 500 album. Just the intro.
0: You're the my intro best friend. This you hear those I think, I think the Rembrandts are in the top 20. I'm pretty sure. I was going to say they're not in
3: the top 500. The 501, I believe. <laughs> Do they publish honorable mentions? No. That's oh, so good,
1: man. When like those first chords and then that big-ass drum kicks in. Now Ooh, we're
2: getting good. into kind of the metal contenders here, the top three. The next one is Randy mm-hmm. Newman, You've Got a Friend in Me.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, Start a the waterworks. Yeah. Hi, Tuba. I'll say it again. All these movies remind me of how you get old and die. You got and the kids are like, the toys and talk. Yeah. And I'm like... Everybody gets old and dies, and they're like, thanks. Thanks, Rob. You're so positive. <laughs> you're By the way, Randy Newman, the fact that his voice, that he could get into singing, is like, just shows you can do whatever you want. Nobody can. Just go for
2: it. was, <laughs> well, as long as you can write the songs. You got to be able to write the songs. I could write that. not that the theory we took when we started this <laughs> podcast, Rob? Anyone can do anything. Yeah. You don't need any talent. You don't need anything interesting to say. No. You certainly don't need just any do expertise. It, man. Just
0: no. All you need is a just wife, turn on your microphone. a wife who prefers to go to bed by herself, and a car that you can sit out in and yell at your friends about the Beatles, <laughs> where you make the wild statement that the Beatles' Sergeant Pepper is pretty good. Rob, like
2: I think our listeners. <laughs> Really going Our on listeners need to know that <laughs> while some of us record in, in a, an office or a living room you record in your car can you explain why you have to record in your car
0: because I'm at the yeah, cabin right now with my whole family around and when I'm talking I talk so loudly that I would wake up or keep up anyone and the fact that they would only hear one side of this podcast, Of me just going,
2: yup, (laughs) yup, uh-huh.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nipples on TV. Like, I would immediately be kicked out of the family forever. I don't need that. So I'm in the car, and I don't know what I'm going to do in New York. Like, just go down in the subway? The subway has Wi-Fi. I could go do it down there. That'd be kind of (laughs) fun.
1: Acoustics might be (laughs) nice And maybe we get Some nice background Maybe Like there's a good chance You could go down there And someone would be Playing something From Sergeant Pepper
0: Yeah and there's not A 0% chance That I'll get stabbed So I think that'd be fun too To hear me get stabbed On the podcast More
2: more excitement Yeah It's never zero It's never (laughs) zero Speaking (laughs) of nice acoustics The next one The second Second on the list Is Bill Withers Lean on me Oh rest in peace I hate
0: this Bill Withers song. He's got so many what? better songs. What are you he talking does.
1: about, Rob? It's true. You can't
0: hate this song. I do. Guess As what? I do. Kohler Hot take. Heard. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh. I would never, ever sit and listen to this song. Oh, Morgan Freeman, the movie that Morgan Freeman did, Lean On Me. I don't know what I it, didn't was. Mean, it was. There's awesome.
1: lots better songs, but this song, I mean, this, the tears, everything. Oh,
3: no. Uh,
1: Rob, oh.
3: And if you could, and anybody can play this on piano, at least the beginning. Like, you could figure <laughs> out this easily on the piano because it's about the only song that I know on the piano. Rob, That's I guarantee I know.
2: you'll be singing this song when you're leading on us when you've had one too many Mike's Hard Lemonades in Las Vegas next January.
0: <laughs> or if I, I will say, if I buy you some chicken, I will say lean meat on me. <laughs>
2: I'm not going to edit that out. That was too good. The final, the final option is actually a pretty interesting one because it's really a question of who did it better. It's Joe Cocker with a little help from my friends. How does this guy like get into singing? Like most
0: people, like they're in choirs or something, right? Like Joe Joe Cocker can't be in a choir. He's, he's too be. fucking ugly to do anything else. <laughs> it's the only way he can like, meet listen women. to this. It's yeah.
1: so good.
0: That's good. A- yeah. Oh, it's great. It's so good.
1: It's way better than the Beatles. guys.
0: This one's guys, I'm going to say it again. Yeah. Look, oh no, wait a minute. Look at this album cover. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the album cover for with a whole of my friends. It's like somebody played a fucking joke on Joe Cocker. They're like, "This is the (laughs) ugliest picture of you we can possibly find." Three chins. No, it's just—it's awful. It looks like he's like—I don't know what. Like somebody's. That looks like your hair from high school, (laughs) (laughs) Rob. I mean, it it does.
1: It does. You know, it does. Like, I mean, you got to give props to the Beatles because, uh, you know, a great song is a great song. You know, in in any sort of context, and so the fact that it still sounds so good, Joe Cocker. Means it's a great song, but I think his rendition is do you think, far better. Like it's got a cool chorus on there. His vocals are great. Do you think
2: this sounds better because it sounds better, or because you had a crush on Winnie Cooper from the Wonder Years back in the day? <laughs> Winnie Cooper.
1: Ah, that's a good question. It's a real good question. I was not. I, I think it sounds better, but that's it's close. I
0: related to Kevin's brother all the time. <laughs> I was Wayne. Yeah, that's who I thought.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was all right. Well, why don't we hear your guys' answer? What do you think is the greatest song ever about friendship, Matt? Uh, if, if,
3: if, uh, my wife listens to this podcast and she never will, I'll have to say, I'll be there for you by the Rembrandts, but, um, Matt from Richfield is going to go with what about your friends by
0: TLC. Nice. nice, wow, nice
1: Rob, how about nice. you?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm going to say, um, that's what friends are for because she doesn't actually say like what they're for. You know, it could be like putting them down to your wife and being like, "All oh, these fucking <laughs> guys, they for. they want to do this podcast tonight, sweetie. I don't want to, but they really want to, and I got to do it." You know, so I think I think throwing friends under the bus is one thing that the friends are there for, really. So I think that's a true. that's a
2: very good great point. answer very by me, point. Aaron. I'll have to go lean on me just because I love Bill Withers. So all these are great answers, but unfortunately, you're all incorrect, and and but- I've decided to go <laughs> off the board right now. And if you guys can recall back to the early 90s, there was a, an incredible band that played on the TV show Saved by the Bell. It was the Zack Attack band, and they sang Friends oh, Forever.
0: Oh, the Zack Attack. We'll Holy my shit, side. who is that singing? That's Lisa. That's Lisa. That's Lisa. There's AC Slater. Now, you want to talk about a show that awakened you sexually. This is it right here. <laughs> It was Slater.
1: Still does, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that hair. All goes back think, to the hair. <laughs> oh, man. And I... So I that...
1: <laughs> I think you shut it down, Rob. There's something else to say. Rob, did by,
2: you ever connect with the any, any of the, the characters from Ooh. Saved by the Bell? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, I was a huge... I always thought to myself for sure I was um, Zach. But I think looking back, I'm definitely uh, Mr. Belding now. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Russ, hearing that makes me think of this song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Picture oh. yourself Whoops.
2: in a boat <laughs> on a river. That ball? With tangerine <laughs> it's going to be George. Bill. <laughs> uh, this is, is, Bill. This is this if
0: is you Bill. took all the Beatles and combined them into one person. It's William Shatner. which is Uh, wild to think of an actor just being like i should fucking just talk about a Beatles song that sounds good to me and then everybody's like yeah that is good bill let's do that let's put it out (laughs) if you don't if
1: he probably got paid like five grand to do that and just sit in the studio if you have a chance to
0: go on a deep dive on youtube and watch all every single william shatner like recorded voice video i highly recommend it it's it's well worth it i don't have time for that because i'm watching all pavel's kettlebell (laughs) videos thank you comrades (laughs) Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds Uh, they've said over and over it is not about LSD although Paul admits before this album he did take LSD for the first time and it brought John and him closer together important lesson for all the kids out there just do what your friends tell you Okay, it's it's going (laughs) to make you make Sgt. Pepper just give in to the peer pressure but this is a fun song about taking drugs I think taking drugs I think you should have a song where it's really. really about taking drugs where you're like who ate all the cereal last night uh, I feel hey, like man, people, who took all the bologna. Yeah, I feel like I feel like people are drilling into my walls and trying to come get me
1: I've never done you drugs uh, heart heavier than uh, weed but I did have a friend give me some good advice which is uh, cars are real that's a thing to remember <laughs> if, you're on, if you're on psychedelics one of the rules is cars are real So did he learn so, that
2: the hard way or did he read it on one of Rob's Wikipedia articles sounded to me like he learned it the hard <laughs> way
1: sounded to me like he'd been through that experience
0: before do it with a friend and cars are real Alright, next one, getting better. <laughs> this is about them going to the store and getting um, some butter. I don't think oh, that,
1: wait, no like, getting better. <laughs> like they, they really went hard after that like abrasive sandpaper guitar sound, and I don't like the sound, mm-hmm. but I I respect it because that's like what they were going for. I don't think it's a pleasant sound. Is
3: that the pet sounds influence? Maybe trying I don't to know. get something a little different than just the it. standard.
0: I you, you gotta love that song. I will say they do slam teachers right in the beginning of it where they're talking about how the teachers weren't cool. Guess what, guys? You don't want a cool teacher. Okay. Every cool teacher you ever had in high school was the absolute weirdo. Yeah, I agree. Right? It was right. Who's like, hey, I'm into the same stuff you are, and you're like, what no, the fuck? Get out of here. You're a teacher. <laughs> also, this is the first
1: this is the first track on the album that gets weird with ladies where he says, I used to get angry at my woman and beat her and
2: kept her apart from the beat things her. that she loved. Like,
1: what's going on, yeah. Paul? Like, did where'd, where'd that come from?
2: No, well you could probably you Lennon guys think wrote that, that probably. With a little help from my friends, Lucy in the Sky and Getting Better is is the greatest three song stretch in the history of albums. I would argue that with the four. I think it's the best four. I don't think you'll find a better four.
0: No, because I like I know you guys um, don't love that first one like I do, but it's I like
1: so Scarface, good. um, Guess Who's Baza- Guess Who's Back on My Block and In Cold Blood.
2: But that's off of the I think Scarface we're doing that album. in fix. Th- I think we're doing that in 3 weeks, Aaron. I don't I don't think it's our second episode or the third episode. I think it's right in between Bob Dylan and Otis Redding. It's coming up very quickly and we'll get there. I can't right. wait till we do Bob Newhart. All right.
0: Fixing a hole. Never enjoyed the harpsichord
1: on here, but I do no. like this song more than I remember.
0: It's just this is a this is a this is a the bottom of the album for me. Ooh, really? Yes.
1: The line where he says, "I'm taking the time for a number of things that weren't important yesterday," is like that stuff right. with me. This
0: that's gets really deep. With me. This yes. starts getting deep. Yeah. Well, if you guys are actually listening to the lyrics, then I mean, I'm I'm lost. I'm and not I doing like any that And I like that guitar stuff.
1: thing where it kind of gets like spaced out, like bah, bah. that seems like Bowie or somebody to me. Like that seems like it. it presages a lot of like what's going on in the 70s
2: so rob you said this was the bottom of the album when i was listening to it i didn't really feel like there were a lot of weak links but if you guys had to rank every song like for example matt what would you put as the last song of the 11 or 12 or or however many are on here
3: uh i know i know a lot of people love when i'm 64 um that's it's okay it's you know this i mean fixing a hole might be there too the older i get the more i start listening to the lyrics of that and, uh, you know, fixing a hole where the rain comes in to stop my mind from wondering, you know, if you, if you kind of get real deep on that, I mean, you know, there's like, you can start getting kind of lost in yourself. I think, you know, so I mean, it's a,
1: there's something there.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's, it's funny how some of these songs that were just, again, throwaway songs that a lot of people thought, you, you kind of come back to them, um, and they just have a couple lyrics that are just, they they kind of hit home to some people. They hit home to me sometimes. So, I mean, that that's where it's it, it's kind of, it maybe gets a little too personal, but, it's, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know. It, it's hard to say that there's any really, like, throwaway songs here, in my opinion. I, I,
0: I feel so fucking stupid, because one of my favorite songs is the one where he tells me, hey, they want you to sing along. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. She's leaving home. Oh, this is gorgeous. When I, I have to. I love this.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think I read that this one. And I shouldn't do any research, but I read that this one was uh, orchestrated by someone who was not the Beatles, and then these obviously the strings were not Beatles uh, playing on the strings. So this is what I'm saying. Like, you can't call them the best band to me because some of the best moments in this album were not played by the Beatles.
3: But like, isn't there a big difference between like a band and then like musicians? So they may not be the best musicians, but you put them together with their playing their instruments, they write their songs. I mean, they're like, yeah, I think, a band, I, I think that's true. You know? Yeah,
1: I think that's true. I, I mean, maybe I'm splitting hairs when I say I don't think they're the best band, but no, I think yeah, I, mean, I, I certainly hear what you're saying. Fantastic. And it reminded me of, of the two Radiohead songs that I know, which are Fake Plastic Trees and um, High and Dry. And both of which uh, I tried to listen to to see if I could actually hear parallels other than just like a dude singing in falsetto. And there are not really, but um, they reminded me of those two Radiohead tunes.
2: And then you realize that on the Radiohead albums, you couldn't understand any of the words they were saying. Right. Right? Doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: I think every band should have a song at the beginning where they're like this is the fucking song <laughs> and we want you to fucking sing along i'd be
2: like
0: yeah i'm gonna keep returning Russell, to you that joke.
1: bottom of the list and this next one for me is butt naked last
0: i yes. gotta say i do apologize because i forgot about this song this one is the this one is absolutely the bottom apparently he wrote this he had a poster in his room that said mr kite and so he just made a song about it mr sounds like junior high shit i read time. that
2: he he copied all the lyrics off of like a circus poster and it's word for word off yeah. of a poster right yeah
0: yeah
1: i mean and here's the thing i read again i shouldn't do research because we promised not to but i read that all of that music was assembled from tapes of old circus bands which is incredible that's a technique that then outlived sergeant pepper and still goes on today you know sampling music but i i don't enjoy listening to it
0: uh, if you re- if you think that this started like hip-hop sampling music, Rosie, I'm not is saying a, that. that is not a, saying you're going to pull a muscle. Just, I'm speaking of getting up, that. you might as well chase that kite because you're going to pull a muscle. You're scratching <laughs> so far. My God. No, that song sucks. Agreed. Thank you. We all agree. Agreed. All right. This is a safe space to say Beatles songs suck. All right. Now, I have to say, we have talked about this album once before, and I kind of poo-pooed this song, and I listened to it again oh, today. This song's fun. And it really this is another one where doing a little research, he he had a metaphysical conversation with friends about the space between us and we don't realize like it's the start we the are inside. Yeah. It's so good. And you gotta love this. I, I do I have to say that the sitar sound, as soon as you kind of accept it for him exploring this other kind of music, it's just as beautiful. It's the one it's the one song in here that George Harrison wrote.
2: And it's my understanding that they use the sitar on a, the previous album, Revolver, but this was kind of the first time yep. where it was a, a very popular song or the first time where it's kind of recognized as a Western band kind of embracing Eastern music, which the first time I listened to it, admittedly, I thought, I have no idea what's going on here. This is so different and bizarre. This is not like the Beatles that I know. And then, and then yep. when I was talking about research earlier, this is to me like a prime example of when I listened to this and I understood what went into it, you kind of look at it very differently
0: yeah loved it all right now for matt's favorite song yeah i love this one <laughs> you're gonna die
1: everybody fucking
0: dies Dude, dude. like yeah, that's like a when great paul song the only reason this hasn't been in a pixar movie is due to
1: sample Flare. It's like <laughs> this is a this is a pixar thing you song know right that
0: when he turned 64 he was like when paul mccartney turned 64 he was like fuck shit how many interviews do I have to do where I talk about this I don't fucking stuff? Paul song? McCartney
1: has to do anything he doesn't want to do at this point in his life. Can you imagine being Paul McCartney? Not <laughs> one thing. Like you wake up every day and you say, I'm gonna do what I want every minute of this day.
0: Hey Paul, should you get a hairstyle that actually looks good? <laughs> no. Not, no way. Give me that, give me that look like I'm a mom from the Midwest. Should, Ooh, should you yeah, marry a woman
2: like. who has two working legs? Hell no, I'm Paul <laughs> McCartney. I do, I do what I want. <laughs>
0: All right. Next one. Lovely Rita. A song about margaritas. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Do you think they just came up with the phrase, Rita, meter maid, and we're just like, yeah, song Have you ever been attracted
2: no. to a meter maid in your life? Like you're like no, just that, I, uh, I love the way Just ways- that
3: one that. Uh, yeah, just that one that Randy Moss hit, right? Oh, oh. Didn't, he didn't bump <laughs> that. made with the vehicle. <laughs> straight <laughs> cash, <laughs> homie.
2: Yep. All right. Good morning good morning. Good, morning,
0: good, morning, good morning. good morning. This is another song where I feel like there's so many well, there's movements in this song where it switches what's going on. Right and every time they switch, it's just so enjoyable to hear a brand new, like, it's like a real classical song, right? With movements and... This is one where I'm thinking of where, you know, like, there's like a, this I'm is their
1: commentary on, you know, British working class life, which, you know, I'm sure was boring and oppressive. Uh, but I mean, you know, now now being a American working class guy, I'm not working class, but a guy who has to go to a job. Yeah, I'm like, hey, John, back off, man. I couldn't play in a band for a living. I gotta go... Report to my boss about my stupid shit, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, they literally had an uh, open thing that started at 7 p.m. They went into the, the studio at 7 p.m. And they're like, man, working life. It's pretty hot. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good morning. That's well, what you guys are like starting. Us. They're
1: making fun of the rest of us who so have to go to work. Yeah. And it's like, eh, now it doesn't sit as well with me as it did when I was, you know, 19 and thinking like, yeah, man, fuck that. I'm never going to do that. Well, yeah, guess what? I've, I, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be like, well, sorry, Brian, I didn't have that thing done you wanted.
2: It's, it's us going to work so we can take part in some capitalistic society that buys your fucking albums, John Lennon. How about that? Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you guys. What we're doing now is way better than being in the Beatles. All right, so they toured so much they got bored of all the huge crowds of women chasing them around. Oh, no. Yeah. If I was in that Help movie and they were chasing me, I would always be running so slowly. Like, oh, no, no. Don't. don't grab me and lick my nipples. All right. Next one. Sergeant Peppers. Lonely Cup Bland. Guys, this is like if you win a game show twice. It's a reprise. And I'll tell you what. I like it more. I think it's a banger. It is. I don't need to hear it again, but I think it's fun. And you realize how good the song is.
2: But then you think it's the end of the album, too. Because it's yes. coming back. And you think it's an amazing end to the album, right, Matt? I do. Oh, well, mm-hmm. you do. And then you hear a day in the life,
3: and then you realize it's just phenomenal ending
0: song. And before we finish this, I should point out that they wanted um, Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields Forever to also be on this album, but the, the, the record company pressured them to release those as singles. And the yeah. Beatles had a policy of never putting their singles on an album. So th- I mean, think about that. You throw those two on here, oh, you, Jesus Christ! You're really, like,
2: throw Mr. Kite in the Do toilet? you guys think yeah. though yep. that if those songs were on here, some of the songs we love would now just be also rans? They would kind of be, you would you would put them as as the 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 last song on the list, and they would be overshadowed because there are too many hits. No, I yeah, think too much
1: it's, of a good thing. It's like it's like truffle butter on a steak.
0: Guys, as somebody who who my doctor tells me I'm that I'm you know rather obese is what he said. There's no such thing as too much of a good thing. Give me more, 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 more. I want more hits on my albums, period. I don't care if it's too long for the record. You know, you I don't could, think
1: your doctor knows how strong you problem.
0: are. Around. Well, the problem is I went in I went into My doctor said, open your mouth and say oink. And I was like, well, that, seems like that seems like a bad doctor to me. Uh. All right. Dis- disrespectful. Son of a bitch. Finally a day in the life you know what as a podcast i should probably just like tell people i'm super attractive like i could be anybody i want this is like a, a theater yeah of the but then mind. When we have
2: that live show in vegas in a couple months that's true know. this yeah. is always like right. the when you see celebrity radio people for the first time i remember i used to listen to the local sports radio station all the time and you only heard the voices and then when i finally saw yeah. the people behind them i couldn't believe i'd ever put any weight in what these guys thought so right. we, we might need to we, we might need to stay away from the live show for as long as possible. That's like there's a guy in Rochester who's named
0: Big Mark Clark, and he's always like, oh, "This is Big Mark Clark on the morning show." And I was like, "Oh, they, you know, he's Big Mark Clark. He's a big deal. He's got the guy was fucking 450 pounds. He was one of the biggest guys I've ever seen in my whole life." Story and checks like, out. Oh, this is Big Mark Clark, and I was like, "Oh, you're fucking huge. That's why you're big." Your story Mark Clark. Checks, Mark Clark. checks out. Yeah, he was literally big enough where he should have been tiny, Mark Clark. Like he should have. He was big enough to have the reverse nickname. <laughs> All right. That was like my nickname in high school, Smart Rob. All right, A Day in the Life. Uh, I, I mean, how can you... We can't listen to a clip of this. It's also... I mean, it's,
1: it's, is that the first the first appearance of an acoustic guitar in this whole album? It is, right?
0: Day, oh Holy shit, Aaron, you're so smart. You know,
3: but then you skip ahead a little bit. I mean, so this is what you say. So you think it's this ballad, but then it goes into kind yeah. of this poppy... And then it just hammers out at the end right there
0: yeah right here's the poppy like, oh, this, this is yeah, so good right here, is
2: it. this the original like hidden track on an album
0: arguably has one of the best endings on the album ever which is hit the
3: post on that
0: I'm a professional
2: ends over. Yeah, and there it is. And the first there time you so listen good. to this yep. album and, and you hear that ending, your mind is has just got to be completely blown, right? Oh. Yeah. It's it's the perfect yeah. build up and it's it's a
0: it's it's the only ending that could do this album justice. Until you accidentally keep leave your record on. And then you get to this fucking shit at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the hidden track.
2: <laughs> what the fuck? We just have to call a spade a spade and just say, like, literally, they're testing whether they can just shit on the stage and people will say anything at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. They just got so into that sound call shit, like, and, and they just thought that they could, that was a thing that was important.
0: It is a bit of a preview of the Beatles that we're going to see in the future, isn't it? Of just like one the- thing with the this song. Finale. Now, generally, the, the idea
2: of our podcast of Beck did it better <laughs> is that Beck from Odalay, the, the, the Beck that was around in the 90s, did it better. You know, Odalay loser, that guy did it better than the Beatles. But there's actually another Beck out there that we need to consider here.
0: Wait and a that minute. is, and wait that is, minute. this fucking blows my mind, is, Russell. Wait a minute, and that now. is
2: Jeff Beck. Who was the guitarist for the Yardbirds? Oh yeah, and he actually covered this song by the Beatles. So, Rob, if you could tee up a "Day in the Life" by Jeff Beck, and maybe jump forward about thirty seconds, this is going to be an instrumental version of this song,
1: of which there are many. I hear them on the jazz radio station frequently. You listen to the radio? Covered a lot.
0: Every time I turn on the radio by accident, Rosie, I get and so once mad. you start
2: playing it, you guys will appreciate it. So it's interesting. Did you guys know that Rolling Stone actually rated Jeff Beck as the fifth greatest guitar player ever, which is a far yep. above any of the Beatles? Yep. yep. And, far than, George and he right. covers this song. And actually, Jeff Beck won the 2009 Grammy for Best Rock Instrumental Performance. The Beatles... The Beatles never won a Grammy for best instrumental performance. And as Aaron said, they're not considered great musicians. (laughs) So if you listen to this song, I think you could easily argue that Beck did it better when it comes to instrumental performance of a day in the life than the Beatles. What are your thoughts?
1: That I can't argue with that. That's brilliant. That's that's goddamn brilliant. You
0: need to bring this up on your walk. (laughs) I know it's gonna take a lot of setup and you're gonna have to explain a this lot is of stuff. I'm gonna start
2: at the quarter mile mark it's when I've sweat it. through my shirt yeah, and yeah. I'm just gonna go straight into Jeff be Beck. Yeah.
0: It's
1: gonna take you the whole walk, but it's worth it. The payoff.
0: Just to, is to let so you good. know, I have a podcast that's called Beck Whisbeck. Wait, where are you going? <laughs> I
2: have a podcast. <laughs> Who is that man over there on the beach running after the kite incredibly awkwardly? I need to go talk to the heck gentleman. <laughs>
0: Holy shit, we're so good at this shit. All right, so now we're going to go into our final part of the show today, which is our rating system. Okay, And this is a rating system. I don't have to explain it to you because everybody's heard it so many times. They love it. They can't get enough of it. We want to know, is Sergeant Pepper the Lonely Heart Club Band, is it in the appropriate place on the list? So was it rolling well-toned? And that, of course, means it should be at number one. It's, it's the greatest ever. Was it rolling boned, meaning it was too low on the list? I don't know. Please don't say that. That doesn't make any sense. Or is it Rolling grown? <laughs> it's too high up on the list. Uh, I'm going to start, Matt. What do you think? Where should, should Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band be?
3: I think it's well toned, Rolling. Well toned. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's 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 easy. It's safe. It's it's uh, you know it's. Everybody thinks of it as the top one. So, you know, it's not to be a shot to mean that it's easy and safe. I think it's just kind of a consensus. And, you know, it led to so many different things and so many ways of producing albums and experimenting with music that it's right where it should be.
0: Russell, what do you think? Is it rolling well toned, rolling groaned, or did it get rolling boned?
2: Rob, I have also been getting a lot of emails about your rating system, so I just mm-hmm. want to give you kudos. I know our fans are really <laughs> into the rating system. So nice work on that. I appreciate your effort. A
0: lot of those emails are from like Rob Ward2 at gmail.com. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Twitter is blowing up. Twitter is blowing up over. Okay. Every time every time I swipe on someone on Bumble, they ask me to to Gmail them at RobWard3 at gmail.com. And every time yeah. it goes poorly for me. Yeah. Send nudes. <laughs> i'm gonna say it's rolling well toned i decided to go back and start from the beginning of the beatles catalog and kind of listen to all their albums in order and for me i think this is their best album that i've listened to and i think that the beatles are the best band ever despite aaron's questioning their musical abilities i think they're the (laughs) greatest band ever and if this is their best album then i think it would be reasonable to put this as the number one album of all time
0: All right, Aaron, what do you think? I have to give it a rolling,
1: well-toned groan uh, because (laughs) I'm going to groan at the entire list. But if you're going to make a list uh, from Rolling Stone about the top 500 albums, you can't uh, start talking about it without Sgt. Pepper. So uh, I love the album, despite all of the things I've said about it. Uh, And I think um, Paul and Ringo are going to be fine with all the insults I've hurled their way. And uh, they probably don't give a shit. And uh, I'm going to call it a well-toned groan.
0: Can you imagine them like listening to podcasts? Like they're obsessively listening to Beatle podcasts and making a list.
1: (laughs) Who's out here talking shit about my journey? Oh,
0: I can't believe making fun of the Beatles. And that was a good impression. (laughs) I can't believe I didn't break it out earlier. (laughs) Guys, we should restart. Nailed it. In 2020. (laughs) All right. Now that I know I have such a great impression of my sleeve. Uh, everybody, the correct answer for this is that it's Rolling Cornerstone. This is the start of the whole thing. This is the most important album ever. <laughs> this, is, this is an album. This is what albums could be when you give geniuses all the money and all the time that they need. And it's crazy because so many times that goes wrong, right? Where you give people like, you have carte blanche to do whatever you want, and they just fuck it up and they make the worst piece of art that they've ever made. Ishtar. Oh, over and over and over you see it. And yet somehow the Beatles Eyes wide shut. with nobody telling them what to do still came out with the, the great album that not only is has a theme and it's brilliant, but yet it's it's a the songs are great. Like, yeah, is there a fucking chicken sound in it? Sure. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I thought it was fun. When I was listening to this, my family hated me less than normal, which I think is a great it's, a, it's, a, that's it's, a, that's it's a huge step up so that was it for Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band we're probably the only podcast to ever talk about this album and that's a good thing next First week one. we are talking First about the Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys so we'll see you then this has been Beck Did It Better when you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time but you're just too lazy to look it up online Oh, this song's so fucking good. If you want to hear four guys who chat and get off track, I was a like, toss I've got the perfect podcast we'll for you, Jack
2: Beck. Did it better. We should get Jeff Beck to replay this for us. <laughs>